You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with my good friend, John Beeler. This is your favorite tech show. We are one of the most popular tech shows in Canada. We cover everything from smartphones, smart homes, and all the latest, greatest tech gadgets. And this show today is, is pretty awesome. Later on, we'll uh, be talking about microphones. A lot of people are getting into podcasting. Many, many people are doing Zoom calls and Skype calls. Why not have a good microphone so you sound the best? We're going to be talking with the folks over at AKG. They've got some really great uh, suggestions and are going to educate us on what to look for in a microphone. And you don't have to break the bank either. No, super affordable. We'll also be talking about Windows 11. And, you know, if you remember some of the shows that we've done, Windows 11 is only going to work on some of the newer machines that are out there, like in the past couple of years. And uh, we have found a way to get it to work on the older machines. And it works really well? It, it really does. Yeah. So you have an older or low-powered machine. Yeah, I would say it's a low-powered machine that... How much you pay for that? Oh, $200. <laughs> Even though we always tell people, don't buy the $200 laptop, this was a, a screaming deal. It was it was uh, my friend who's a teacher. She got this link and she's like, get it. And I'm like, yeah, it was great. And it even came with a printer. Two hundred dollars? Yeah, it's an alo- it's a little know how you do it, John. Like we should just do a show just on John's deals. Wheeler dealer Wheeler. Wheeler yeah, I love that. Uh so we're gonna tell you this hack that lets you put it on older machines. It's not even really a hack. I mean it's 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 a, a very simple thing you need to do to allow you to install Windows. But the really cool thing about it is that it actually will create a custom install of Windows eleven for your specific machine. So you don't get all the bloat that you normally would. We'll also be talking with a really, really cool company called NeoCharge. They make a, a special splitter. If you have a, an EV, an electric vehicle, and you're having challenges getting a level two charger installed because maybe you don't have any more room on your breaker box, this is a device that will let you share the power between another 240 volt appliance, like a stove or a dryer. It is amazing. I've actually tried this and installed it in my house and it saved me thousands of dollars i love it it's pretty cool it is pretty cool uh quickly john just in the news uh rogers and and shaw rogers obviously going through that big um family boardroom battle right now what a mess eh yeah i i'm having trouble keeping up because it seems to change every hour so rogers one of the biggest telecom uh, companies in canada the, uh, the majority of the voting shares are owned by the Rogers family, but there's a split uh, between the brother and the rest of the family. The sister and the mom. Yeah. And uh, a lot of stuff happening in the courts right now. Now there's a petition, John, uh, asking people, you know, sign up for this petition to stop the Rogers Shaw merger because of this. <laughs> Well, it, it's kind of funny. Our friends at Open Media launched a tongue-in-cheek poll on social media. Yes. And uh, asking which family would be better to rule Rogers, with the choices ranging from the A&W Burger family, <laughs> a family of raccoons, yeah. the 1983 Edmonton Oilers. That, I, that's like Gretzky era. Yeah. I, I would prefer the raccoons. Or the Jonas Brothers. Or the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Who's your favorite Jonas Brother? Probably Nick. Okay. Is that sad that I know the names of all the Jonas Brothers? I know. I, I I'm a, I'm Team Joe. So okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's going to be in the news for a while now, the, the whole Rogers boardroom battle. You know, we'll cover that again in uh, future segments. But I just thought it was kind of a funny little petition there that yeah. open media put together. The family of raccoons won, which was hilarious. Did they? <laughs> 63%. <laughs> can never go wrong with some scrappy raccoons, right? That's right. You are back with the program. Mike and John here. John, we talk a lot, uh, a lot about uh, electric vehicles on, on the program. I've uh, got a Tesla Model 3. You've got a... I've got a Kia Soul EV. And... Would you ever go back? Never. No. It, it, I mean, I'm saving so much money on gas. I I typically have like a, a hundred kilometer uh, commute every day. You know, I come in from White Rock, BC down to Vancouver. And yeah, I was spending like $500 a month in gas. The other thing too, aside from the savings, they're just really fun to drive. <laughs> they totally are. They totally I mean, are. if you like bumper cars, this is like basically bumper car on steroids. <laughs> well, you know, one of the challenges... Uh, you know, you'll find is the whole charging aspect. And um, there are public chargers. Tesla's really good with their superchargers, but they're not everywhere yet. So most people are charging at home. But I ran into a problem in my house, John, and you're very familiar with this. (laughs) I I bought bought my Tesla and then I found out uh, my breaker box, there's no more room. I had no more room to get an additional line out to the garage because it needs like a 240 volt. you know, system out, out there. Well, and the other challenge you have in your house too is your breaker box is on the other side of your house from your garage too. Yeah, there was all sorts of problems. So yeah. uh, I contacted an electrician and he came in and he's like, yeah, it's going to be about $5,000. We have to uh, get all the permits. We have to contact uh, our, you know, the local electricity company, BC Hydro in my case. Uh, and they have, to, they have to run an entire new line to my house and I have to have a whole new breaker box. So... I thought $5,000? No way. So I went online and I found the most amazing product. And we got a great guest on the line. His name is uh, Ryan uh, Meffert. He is uh, with a company called NeoCharge. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. Appreciate you having me. So Ryan, you, you changed my life. I, uh, when I got my Tesla, I, I couldn't get uh, you know, a level two charger installed in my garage. So I was just charging it off the 110 volt, like just the regular wall outlet, which was okay. Yeah. You know, I was getting about 10 kilometers of charge an hour, but I I started finding with my commute and then, you know, using the car when I got home, uh, it wasn't enough for the overnight charging. I have to go to a level two charger or a supercharger to get full up. So you guys have something really unique called the Neo, uh, Neo Charge Smart Splitter. Tell our listeners what magic this does. Yeah, absolutely. And, and first of all, I'm, I'm, so happy to hear that that we were able to to get you the charging that that you deserve really because people like you that that keep us moving forward and and innovating and and that's the whole essence of of why neocharge exists is is to to really lower those barriers to electric vehicle adoption and and electric vehicle charging in particular and so i think a great starting point just as a base foundation would be to tell your audience what the three levels of charging are uh, just really briefly and then that'll tie into kind of what you were talking about with the panel upgrade that was necessary and and all of those things is is that okay yeah yeah let's go there yep yeah and and so really briefly for everyone listening there, there are three levels of, of charging level one level two and level three uh level three is is commonly referred to as dc fast charging but um to start at level one that's the slowest while level three uh that's the fastest and so with level one 
utilize that regular 110 uh, 120 volt outlet the same outlet that you plug in uh, your phone charger into and and you were using that originally is that correct yeah and it was kind of working but you know if you're doing any decent amount of uh, travel in the car uh, eventually oh, yeah. it's not enough yeah and, and to put some numbers to it usually that that brings you around three to four miles of range per hour of charging yeah so uh let's say let's use a tesla um that's going to take a few days to fully charge your car <laughs> and yeah <laughs> unreasonable and then the, the second level is uh, utilizes a 240 volt outlet and that's where uh, that's what we're talking about and uh, many appliances in your home like an electric dryer electric heat pump water heater a a, a stove utilizes that 240 volt um, uh, outlet and so this level of charging the level two provides around 25 miles of range per hour so five to seven times faster than level one it starts to kind of make sense uh you can charge overnight and um especially for somebody who commutes a lot that's almost a necessity yeah and then that third level that we were talking about the or the, the dc fast charging that can charge your ev that's the tesla supercharger the the ev go uh, chargers dc fast chargers that takes you from um 10 to 80 percent within like 30 minutes so that's that's the more public charging infrastructure but you're not you you're and those aren't available in homes those are not no those are not and and we can go down that rabbit hole maybe later but uh that, that's a whole nother discussion so in terms of the home charging experience and and getting into the the your use case is that's where neo charge really comes comes into play and, and per the department of, of energy i think 80 percent of ev drivers want to charge their car overnight and at home uh just like they would with their cell phone uh we need to plug that in every night and then in the morning we wake up we're ready to go uh, hit the day uh running so that's the most popular method however Many people find out that it does require multi-thousand dollar installation costs, the $5,000 that you were talking about, right? Yeah. That panel upgrade, the permits and, and so on. And so um, that's where we we saw an opportunity as, as back in 2017 to create a device to allow you to utilize existing infrastructure like your dryer outlet or your stove um, or so on, and now be able to plug in a device that allows you to share that existing outlet. So basically, um, I, get, I, I would love to actually have you explain how, how you solved this issue. Well, this was fantastic. So my breaker box is like miles from my garage, obviously where I would be charging my Tesla. Uh, I didn't want to spend the thousands of dollars to upgrade my panel, but... Uh, Thankfully, my kitchen backs onto the garage, and as you were saying, the stove has a 240-volt plug. Uh, I was able to get uh, my electrician uh, in just to do a bit of work there, but I got your device, the Neo Charge Smart Splitter. I plug that in behind my stove, and it's got two outlets. You plug your stove back into it, and then the other outlet, I plug in my cable uh, into my Tesla. Like I, I installed a Tesla wall charger as well, but you can also use mm -hmm. the, the regular mobile uh, charger 
uh, for the Tesla. And it saved me thousands of dollars, essentially. What I really like about this, because we were talking about this when you were first uh, mentioning it. It's like, so what's going to happen when your wife is like, cooking dinner and you plug into charge? Are you going to kill dinner? Well, here's the brilliant part about it. It's a smart switcher. So when we're cooking dinner with the stove, it's the primary. It just automatically gets the power. The second that that stove is finished doing its thing, when we turn it off, the charging goes back to the Tesla. And you know what? We're not cooking 24 hours a day. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're maybe cooking breakfast for, you know, 20 minutes. Maybe I'm cooking dinner. Like it's not more than half an hour. And okay, maybe an hour sometimes. Yeah. But the rest of the time, I'm not cooking throughout the night, <laughs> like no. overnight. Well, and that's the thing with the level two. You're not taking all night to charge anymore. No, but I'm just telling you, Ryan, this thing just saved, saved my life. I just, I love that there was a device that automatically split the power. It knew which the primary device was. I mean, you could plug this into your dryer outlet as well. And when people are using the dryer at home, it just would make that the primary. Um, but it was just so easy. It was just so easy to plug this thing in and, and split that power. And uh, uh, yeah, it's yeah. excellent. And, and it's certified, uh, like it's safe. There are other kind right. of these things on, on the internet. Believe me, I did my homework and they didn't have any electrical certifications or anything. So I was always kind of worried, right, like, is right. this going to burn my house down? And, and I think you touch on a, on a major factor that differentiates us and, and what our company is trying to do here. And that's, that is the safety aspect when it comes to these kinds of devices, this is, is the, the most power that's drawn in your home is, is running through them. So uh, in order for, you to safely share that power. We went through a year and a half of testing with Underwriters Laboratory or UL that that many people uh, know about. And that process was crucial because there was a collaboration between UL and, and, and NeoCharge around how can we make this product as safe as possible. And so there's a lot of uh, time and, and energy that went into how can we make this uh, as, as built effectively and help as many customers as possible safely share their power. And, and that drier use case that you were talking about, um, we've seen that be the most uh, prevalent as many homes have dryers in or uh, near their garage. So for the first time you're now able to share that dryer outlet and like you described it's simply you plug in your 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 ev that starts to charge if you ever want to run your dryer you simply turn it on it pauses your your tesla from charging or any other ev uh, runs that dryer load whenever it's done automatically no need for you to to kind of jump in and switch to anything it automatically switches to continue charging your car uh, what I like to, uh, and if you want more information, what, what's the website again? Is it GetNeoCharge? Exactly, yeah, GetNeoCharge.com. Um, I mean, there's different types of adapters and things like that. So if you are interested in this, if you have this same type of problem that I did, you can go up there and it'll actually walk you through which type of adapter and everything uh, that you need to, to order uh, with it, uh, essentially. Uh, what's the price range on this again? I know it's in U.S. pricing. Yeah, uh, in the U.S., we, we, we sell them for around four ninety nine. Four ninety nine. So, add a few hundred dollars more yeah. for uh, the Canadian side. But uh, again, if you've got a two forty volt in your garage, you know, obviously that a dryer or something is using or, or, or other type of device. This is like a really easy uh, fix to to get uh, that level two charging uh, in there. And I, I know you have an app coming for it as well. 
Yes, we do. And and th- this app was really meant to uh, provide insight for EV drivers to, to understand more about how much they're charging, the cost of your charging, and uh, kind of really going into uh, that, that automatic cost tracking for each of your, your charging sessions. So we want to be able to provide you that insight into which device is currently running. Um, is it your appliance? Is it your, your, your car? And you can check all this from uh, the store or your work, whatever's really going on. And then uh, down the line, some, some features that we're looking to implement is, is, advanced charge scheduling to really help customers save money on their electricity bill. So if we can enable people like um, you and I and, and uh, to, to charge during more sustainable times and ultimately reduce your utility bill, I think that's a win, win, win. Uh, we're talking with our good friend Ryan over at uh, NeoCharge. Their website is getneocharge.com. This is a, a great uh, splitting device if you want to use the existing power, uh, 240 volts uh, that your dryer or your stove would be using. Uh, fantastic for EV owners. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate your time. Thank you. You're back with your favorite tech show, Get Connected, with Mike Agarbo and John Beeler. Let's talk Windows 11 now. It's out. Yes, yeah. it's been out for a little while. And, you know, when we first started talking about it a few months ago, the big thing was that you had to have a certain kind of machine in it. Yes, and there was some very specific requirements that could exclude you from being able to upgrade. But our one of our team members, Stephen Fung, has made everyone's life really happy around here because he's been upgrading everyone's machine, even at these machines. And we have a whole pile of machines that would fail that upgrade test. And he's been able to put Windows 11 on it. And in some cases, it's actually breathed new life into these really old machines. We've got Steve Fung. He's uh, one of our Get Connected uh, tech experts. Thanks for coming on the show, Stephen. Thank you for having me, Mike. So the first one uh, that I've come across that you've upgraded uh, is an old Surface, Microsoft Surface laptop. That's right. This is Microsoft's very first uh First generation Surface Pro. How old is that? Seven years? Uh, this is seven years, maybe a little bit older because I got mine on reefer. That, that's a little long in the tooth. It is a little long in the tooth, but it's a really great form factor. It's got a folding keyboard. It's nice, but I didn't want to not have use of it because I've really grown to love the form factor. So what, what have you been running on it right now? So previously, I was running Windows 10. I upgraded to Windows 11, and now I'm running uh, the full Office Suite. Uh, it's used less storage, so I have a lot of more of my hard drive space back. So you're saying Windows 11 on this seven-year-old machine is working better than the Windows 10? I say that with complete confidence because beforehand, uh, it was kind of a, uh, a bear. Yeah, It started to bloat. It started to get really slow. Now with Windows 11, it's just usable, which is saying a lot. So did you have to do anything special? Or you just ran the, the regular upgrade? No, actually, this is this is kind of the sticky point. Uh, one of the ways that Windows and Microsoft Gate keeps your operating system upgrade, and this is a free upgrade, mind you, so they're not making any money off me, is that they put a compatibility checker inside both the installer and also on their website to kind of gatekeep, gatekeep people away from upgrading. And I, I'm sure that there's a financial reason, but I think more so it's because everyone's system's a little bit different and they might have a negative experience if they upgrade. 
So as this operating system matures, it might be released to more people, but right now it's only for newer machines. Mine is not new. So like two years or newer kind of thing. Uh, two years or newer is usually about the standard, but in some cases, even that's not true. Oh, really? Yeah. Like one year? <laughs> it's possible that the CPU may not be fully supported, and that's the reason why. So what did you have to do to install it on your seven-year-old laptop? Well, I was on the internet one day, Yes. and I was looking for ways to actually install it without doing all sorts of really difficult things. I mean, I didn't want to blow up my operating system. I didn't want to start from scratch. I wanted just a streamlined update. So I looked around, and I found this one uh, YouTube channel uh, that covered the entire topic. It even showed me two ways, depending on your comfort level, of how to alter one of the system files to get it to work. Uh, you could either erase all the code that has something to do with the TPM, which has been uh, one of the hot topics in the space. Explain TPM to, I uh, think, 98% of the people listening here who don't know what that is. It's a security chip that's built on. It works with the CPU to kind of secure the system. So all the new computers have this? All the new computers have what's called TPM 2.0 or greater. Older systems might have 1.2. Even older systems might not have it at all. Okay, so this is a, a chip. This is a chip. It's a security chip. Yep, and it's required by Microsoft to even uh, pass their compatibility check, Okay. period. So you've been able to circumnavigate that? I've not only been able to circumnavigate that, but the other sticking point for many, many people is the CPU support. So this uh, workaround was able to both circumnavigate the TPM chip and also the CPU compatibility. So is there an easy explanation <laughs> that you can tell our listeners? All it took, basically, in a nutshell, was altering one file in the installation disk or in the installation USB drive that we created, and that allowed Windows 11 to not check compatibility and sail through the installation. What was that file? Uh, it's a file called, uh, <laughs> it's a really weird weird named file. Uh, we'll have, um, have it on the YouTube channel. We're working on a video right this minute, so I'll have a complete guide for you, but it's not a normal name. Okay. <laughs> Just, just to put you on the spot. Of course. <laughs> I think the, the key thing here, which was, which I thought was really interesting and why I wanted Stephen to explain this to the listeners, is that with his seven-year-old Surface Pro laptop, you essentially create your own sort of boot disk that has Windows 11 on it. But you create it on the machine you're actually going to be upgrading. And then what it does is it actually determines what you actually need for that installation. Instead of giving you everything for every possible computer and having like a like a, a six gigabyte file for an install, yeah. this actually With creates... a bunch of stuff you don't need. Right. Yes. This creates a customized boot... Uh, USB drive that has just what that particular machine needs, which I think is kind of something like what Apple typically does when, with with you know various operating system upgrades that they do. We've always seen older machines get a boost in speed because they've gotten rid of all the stuff that those machines don't need, yeah. and they only get what actually actually those machines need to actually function properly. And this is seems like what Microsoft has done with this particular uh, Windows 11 installation process. Yeah, I think that's one of the key issues here because on on the laptop that we're working on right now, and that's going to be in the video, uh, YouTube video on our YouTube channel, it took a long time to determine all of the uh, all of the requirements for that laptop. It actually did updates several times, uh, more so than even the Surface Pro that we worked on. That was my first laptop that I upgraded. Uh, it took its time. So I think that Partially, Microsoft wants to make money, but also Microsoft wants everyone to have a good experience. 
hopefully down the line, they'll just keep opening it up as the code gets more mature. How many machines do you know of that you've tried this on? Uh, two so far, one in progress. Yes. And the two so far, no problems. Oh, they were fantastic. The Surface Pro in particular. Because if you're wrong, a bunch of listeners will be <laughs> will be calling you. Your mileage will vary because yeah. this is an unsupported thing. So I'm going to have to put that disclaimer out there. Yeah. And at any point, Microsoft may choose to just close off this loophole. Okay. So if, if this machine's your primary machine and you needed to work all the time, it might not be the right thing for you to do right now. It might not be the right thing for you to do. However, I did that to one of my primary machines, which only had one checkbox that wasn't checked, and yep. I'm confident that that one will be okay. It was just the CPU. Okay, so uh, I know that you've shot a video for this. We're gonna get this edited and get it up on the website as soon as possible. You got it. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and so what do you think of Windows 11? I think it's very fast. Yeah. It's very speedy. Uh, what I noticed is that on the Surface Pro, which is an older machine, it really pushed it because it got a little bit warmer than normal, but yeah. it was so much faster. So now you're running the risk of setting your house on fire, is what you're saying. I, I believe in the hardware. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, uh, so uh, Stephen Funk, one of our Get Connected tech experts here, he has uh, found a way to install Windows 11 on older machines that uh, shouldn't be installing it. They, they won't uh, let it uh, go through. So we're going to have that video up on our website uh, very soon. Thanks, Stephen. You're welcome. You're back with the program. Mike and John here. Let's talk audio, John. Yes. Something very important to us, obviously. Very important to us. In the radio business. And uh, to get good audio, you need the right equipment, the right microphones. On the line, we have uh, a very interesting guest. His name is David uh, Tewksbury, and he is with AKG, part of the Harmon family. Thanks for joining us, David. Hey, good to be here. Good to meet you guys. I uh, wanted to get you on the line. Uh, you know, we do a lot of recording ourselves, and I think more and more people are getting into uh, being creative, doing things like yes. podcasts and recording uh, music. Uh, let's talk about the microphones. Like, what should people look for in a microphone when, when they're doing this type of uh, creative uh, endeavors? Um, I think that one of the keys uh, features of looking for a microphone is first deciding of what audio you're trying to create. Is it speech? Is it music? Or is it a combination of both? Um, and then I would start looking into um, how you're going to use it, right? Are you going to use it just as a single user where it's just one person in front of a microphone? Are you going to do similar to what you all are doing where each of you have your own microphone? Or if you were sitting across the table, you might be able to choose a microphone that's got a front and back to where you could actually have one microphone sitting and being able to talk that way in a group setting. Um, so you have to kind of select that. And then from there, now you start looking at, do I want a dynamic microphone? Do I want a condenser microphone? Um, what is my voice type? Um, what's the better microphone um, for my voice? A lot of people that want, especially like you guys with uh, being radio hosts, you want that deep voice. So you tend to might go with a larger diaphragm condenser or a large diaphragm uh, dynamic, which will really warm up and deepen up your voice and make you sound radio, right? That's kind of where it's at. I'm talking to you now on the AKG Lyra. Um, so, and it is a condenser microphone, actually there's four condensers in it. So um, it gives you the versatility of doing, you know, just like I'm doing in the front, but you could do front and back, you can do a tight stereo if you're sitting side by side with your, like you are right now, or you could do a wide stereo where you can get a 360 degree coverage with the four capsules. So yeah, that's kind of a, a it in a nutshell about how to choose. 
And that's a beautiful microphone. It's it very retro styling. Like yeah. It, yeah. It, it looks like something that you would see, you know, on uh, Lawrence Welk or those kind of <laughs> things, right? Like it's got that classic look to it, right? Or yeah, that microphone that sits on the Tonight Show desk. Oh yes, perfect. Right, yeah. right. So, you know, so yeah, let's yeah. talk about condenser and dynamic. Yeah, you know, that's you know one of the first things I try to talk to people. Could you explain? in layman's terms, like kind of the difference between condenser and dynamic, like we're using condenser mics to do the radio show. And I think most radio stations would have those. Yeah. So, and, and uh, the, the most layman is a condenser microphone is going to be a lot more responsive, a lot brighter, um, a little bit more metallic sounding, if you will. Um, and that's simply because you've got two metal plates that are being energized and vibrating. And that sound is being created by those plates. Right. Whereas a dynamic microphone you can almost think of it as the same type of material that your headphones have for your speakers, um, whereas you're talking into it and your voice is vibrating that diaphragm and that's how the sound's created. So you can tend to get more of a, uh, a warm feeling out of it uh, in that aspect, um, almost in terms of like the difference between playing a CD that's really cold and sterile and then actually putting a needle on a record and uh, having yeah. that nice warm sound, right? Yeah. So there's a difference in that um and the two different type of microphones then you got to get into pickup patterns <laughs> and that's a whole nother <laughs> ball game <laughs> that's a that's another segment so uh, exactly. you, you're talking about the Lyra, uh, the AKG uh, Lyra microphone there yeah. uh, and what kind of connections does that have to get it it is a USB connection yeah it goes right to your right to your laptop and it is class compliant so in other words there's no driver to load you just plug it in the computer will find it whether it's a Mac or a PC and then all you have to do is when you open up Zoom or, or you open up your, um, your digital audio recording device uh, software, um, you just have to make sure that this microphone is selected as your source. And that's it. And this will sound like a thousand times better than your onboard laptop microphone. Oh, my goodness. Yep. Yes, 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 it will. Um, I can probably show you. You know what? Let me turn off, turn off my air conditioning. It'll get a little quieter. I'm going to switch right now to the microphone that's in my camera so you can kind of hear what the difference is. So I'm going to switch it now. So how do I sound now? Way better. Way better. Does it? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> I was like, you, you almost had me. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Switch it back. Switch it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so, you know, but that's an interesting thing, David. So, I mean, we're talking about creators, uh, people that are maybe making music or doing podcasts. Like, yeah. I would recommend this to people that are doing a lot of Zoom calls as well. Like, Zoom yeah. is, is, it's a part of our lives now. There's no question. And I know people are going back into the office, but even with our office, we're going to a hybrid model. So, Zoom is going to be with us or Skype or Teams. Mm -hmm. And it's important to sound and look good. Like, I always say, get a good webcam. Don't use a webcam in your laptop because it's crappy. And get yeah. a microphone. Get a proper microphone. So, something like that would make you sound like a million bucks. Yeah. There's a couple of features that are really, really cool about a microphone like this. To, the first one that I love is the fact that when I connect this to my laptop, boom, it's there. The laptop will find it. I can open up Zoom and make sure the, the Lyra is selected as my microphone source. But I can also select the Lyra as my speaker source when I connect my headphones right to the Lyra. So not only can I hear both of you in my ears, but I hear my own voice. So in that cubicle space or in that small uh, apartment where you're trying to record stuff, 
and you're worried about gaining the microphone up too high and being able to hear the neighbors yelling in their TV, you can actually do what you need to do really nice, especially if you're doing some sort of podcast. You don't have to talk very loud. We're talking with our good friend, uh, David Torxbury. He is uh, with AKG, part of the Harmon uh, Group. Where can people find out more information about uh, your microphones and all the stuff you guys have? Yeah, just uh, if you go to akg.com, um, the we share the akg.com with the, um, we're all lifestyle underneath Harmon, but there's lifestyle consumer and lifestyle professional. So that website is shared with the consumer and professional, but you can find it on akg.com. Um, we have this Lyra um, that you can buy by itself, but we also have the podcaster essentials kit, which comes with the K, the AKG K three seventy one headphones. Oh, nice! Um, it comes, it comes with this kit just like this. Yeah. Um, and then we also have the AKG Aura, which yes. is our ninety nine dollar price point. Um, two capsules. There's one in the front, and then there's a capsule on the back, which is an Omni, so it will give you that three sixty um, degree. And it's just a more simple. And actually, both microphones, you could actually you can take the base off and you can mount it to. Uh, a mic stand or a oh. boom stand if you want to so that both of these you can remove the base off of them and mount them to whatever mic stand you you want to use for your event another note too you can also use these what's the best camera that we have today on the market it's the one that's in our pocket yes it's on our phones so there is if you go to akg.com there are uh, there's a pdf that shows you how to connect it to your iphone and to your android so you can actually yeah. use a better microphone. This is what you want to, uh, this is in high def. So this one will do 4K audio and this one is high def. So the $99 um, one. Yes. Yeah, then it is. This one will do, um, I think it's 96 by 24 and this is 190, 192 by 60 by 24. So, so the, yeah, you're getting a lot of good quality out of these microphones for can't, sure. Can't go wrong with uh, either. And again, uh, great microphones for podcasting. Uh, but even just uh, if you're doing business, uh, having uh, the right audio when you're talking with other people over Zoom or Teams. Sure. Thanks for joining us, David. Yeah, thank you for having me. And it's so good to meet you finally. <laughs> yes, we'll, uh, we'll uh, definitely have you on again. You're back with the program. Mike and John here. Don't forget to hit our website getconnectedmedia.com. We've got all sorts of great tech articles and videos up there with our YouTube channel links and, uh, of course, our podcasts. Uh, we do this program and we also have our sister show as well. They're all up there and uh, I encourage you to subscribe to them. Yes. Uh, I want to thank all the folks that helped put this fine program together. Of course, John Beeler, my uh, host, he's also one of the the main producers here and also Christina back at uh, the studio and uh the cast of thousands behind the scenes uh, as well. Until next time, Mike and John logging off. See you again.